Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hey there, and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is episode 783, and I'm going to focus on something that's interesting, uh, creating your backstory. So let's talk a little bit about what we're doing here. Your Ultimate Life, <clears throat> Ultimate Life Challenge, that is my effort to help you take the most powerful voice, most powerful message, most powerful superpower, if you will, and use it to serve and create a business, create clarity, confidence, cash, do things that you want to do. I had a chance to interview somebody for this podcast, another episode that's not for a while, um, this morning, and we talked about backstory, you know, the story of change. That's really the issue here. We all start somewhere, right? We're born, we grow up in whatever circumstances we do, and we learn about life in maybe mostly a haphazard way. Things just happen to us and happen around us, and we learn certain things. We learn what people are safe and what people are not safe and what situations feel good and are supportive and what situations are destructive. And when we're growing up, we crave approval and friendships, and maybe we're bullied and we don't have that, or maybe we're one of the popular people. Maybe we develop some skill and we're on a sports team or a debate team, and we keep doing that. And we proceed along a path that seems like it's laid out for us. Okay, <clears throat> go to school, some kind of school, get an education, get a job, and then, quote, have a life. And that might mean finding a mate, having a family. It may not. Depends on the culture. Depends on a lot of things. But all those influences sort of direct us in a direction. Where <clears throat> When I grew up, the whole thing was grow up, get a job work with a company for a long time, and then retire. And that was all I knew, all I thought about. And yeah, there were some people that became accountants or lawyers or others, but it seemed to me you did the same thing. You had a job with a law firm. And yeah, there were a few people that started their own businesses, and I saw little stores here and there that I knew weren't part of big chains. So I knew sort of that there were people that did business, and I knew there were people that taught piano lessons or ballet or whatever. <clears throat> so that's kind of the, the flow. And we go along in that flow. And the fellow that I interviewed this morning talked about that, and he pursued a particular career, an advanced degree, and worked in that career for a while and then realized that that sort of traditional path of doing what's laid out and expected was not working for him, and he found himself frustrated and feeling negative. I did that, too. I pursued that corporate career for decades, 30 years. I had a career of pursuing this thing, and maybe you have, too. The, at some point, sometimes people wait till they're dead, but at some point, something may happen around you or to you, or you may just come to an epiphany and say, this just isn't right. I don't feel like the truth 
of who I am inside is being recognized, maximized, or used in this traditional sort of process. <clears throat> Today, as I record this in 2023, um, there's been an upheaval for some number of years about recreating, reinventing ourselves. Recently, well, 15 years ago is recently, 2008, there was a huge retooling in the Western world, in the United States particularly, Real estate crash, subprime lending and everything. People were out of jobs. Uh, unemployment went as high as 15, 20% in some markets and places. And I have interviewed many people who lost everything and had to start over. What I noticed in that process <clears throat> was that the same jobs didn't exist. I heard over and over again, yeah, but the job I had before is gone. And so in in the same time as all of this retooling of a huge part of the economy, uh, there were jobs that disappeared. Things were being done by automation or by computers or whatever. And there was a huge fear that whatever I used to do doesn't count anymore. I won't be able to do anything. And, oh, dear, I'm going to starve or, you know, work in some small thing and not really fulfill myself, care for my family if, if I have one or whatever. That was a really prevalent and powerful fear. I remember, um, I remember feeling that, and I didn't feel it myself, but I, I remember hearing that and feeling the pain of a lot of folks. At that time, I was reinventing myself because I had walked away from my previous life, a 30-year career at the end of 2007. So right before like literally just two or three months, four months <clears throat> before this, the signs came and the crash started, which moved through 2008 and then on into 2009, 10 and you know, various estimates. So that experience caused a lot of people to have to think differently, sometimes by force and sometimes because they were, they woke up. You know, I, I, I can't go back to the way it was, and I refuse to sort of live in desperation and just take what's handed out. I'm going to do something different. Well, that's a proactive conversation where you say, I'm going to, I'm going to do something different. I, I may not know how or the direction or whatever, but I'm not going to just sort of go along because the go along got me where I am. <clears throat> I was on someone else's podcast earlier today, and he talked about creating a company that helped um, many thousands of people during that transition. And what he noticed was something powerful. Uh, a few episodes, the last few episodes, we talked about the rope. We talked about the three things we all have, set of existing skills, a set of natural gifts, and our life experience. Well, this life experience in 2008 had really shaped some people, right? And some in a powerful way, in a sad way, victimhood and everything else, and some in a really positive way where they grabbed the, you know, the reins and said, I'm going to create something here. <clears throat> Here's the interesting thing that he noted, and it bears repeating. What he said was that focusing on just the skills they had was not enough. And that would be easily true because the shape of jobs changed. What people want, what companies wanted was not the same shape as before. The different set of skills, 
combination stuff, different combinations, because this great change also gave forced and gave companies a chance to change themselves. So that happened, and people, you know, worked their way through it the best they could. Here, 12 years later, we had this pandemic that went on for, you know, 20, 20, supposed to be a short time, 21, 22, uh, three full years, and we're in the middle of 2023 right now, and mostly over, but there's still all kinds of fallout. So a similar reshaping. Uh, big companies aren't building buildings in some city centers anymore because they're not going to have people coming to the office. And so there's a huge upheaval, again, in the shape of jobs where people work or commuting remotely from home. Huge upsurge in freelancing and people desiring to do what they want to do, enjoy doing online as a service. So there's been all kinds of huge change in that in that process. So here's where today's episode, Creating Your Backstory, comes into play. You already have a backstory. You have one. I hear people often say, yeah, but my backstory is not very interesting. Or they say, nobody cares about your backstory. Or nobody cares about my backstory. There's some interesting ones. But certainly not mine, because I don't have anything like I didn't grow up in super poverty and have some terrible. And they think that a backstory only matters if there was some horrifying struggle that uh, someone overcame some, you know, violence or addictions or near death or, you know, revolution or war or something. That's actually not true. Here's why. Most people's backstories don't include extreme events. Lots of lots of people have the broken family backstory. How that got navigated is completely different in every case. The parents who separated are different. The circumstances causing the separation are different. The skill that parents had and communicated to their children during that separation are all different. The amount of help that was available for either parent or the kids. So there's a million ways that plays out, at least a million. <clears throat> the effect of that is profound and significant. There's illness that happens in different families, and that creates some significant upheavals and changes. So all of that is simply to say you have a backstory. You have a powerful backstory. <clears throat> and I'm whether you think so or not, let's just for a minute set your doubts aside and pretend that you know you have a valuable backstory. Not just a backstory, but a valuable backstory. So how have you created with your backstory? This episode's about creating your backstory. What maybe you don't know is you've already created with it. Because today you have a story about your past life. The story might be it was average and didn't matter. The story might be it was full of hardship and ruined me. The story might be it was full of hardship and made me cool and powerful. The story was it was could be it was full of privilege, and so I didn't learn anything. The story could be it was just sort of middle class, and I did everything everybody else did, and so what? Well, that that may be true, and however you've created your backstory is how you've created it right now. But the important thing is... However you've created it, it's having a major impact on you right now. What? 
Yeah, it is. Here's why. If you believe your backstory didn't do anything for you or to you, then you're operating in this moment as a person who didn't have any formative and powerful events. They were all kind of average. So you're bringing yourself to the present as someone who doesn't have that much to offer. If, on the other hand, <clears throat> you had a very difficult backstory and it ruined you, you could be presenting right now as someone who had all the hard knocks, all the hard breaks, life is not fair, and, I, and then you continue to live expecting the world to mistreat you, and guess what? You'll find what you get. You could have a backstory where you had some hardships and you found some resources and overcame them. And that is how you present today. I interviewed somebody for this podcast several months ago who was 21. And already he was in that last camp where he described a backstory of having grown up in the projects and nine people, I think, living in a small uh, two-bedroom apartment, subsidized apartment, and, you know, not really being aware of their circumstance economically, just sort of that's how life is. And now he has already chosen to use the backstory as a powerful motivator. And now he's working with kids in high school who are just barely five or six years younger than he is to help them understand that they get to create life and that regardless of the backstory, there is opportunity. Well, that is a choice that he made that's unusual. I was really excited to meet him and interview him and listen to him state and claim the mission that he set for himself. So here, here's the truth about your backstory. You have one, whether you know it or not, or whether you've described it or not, or whether you own it or not. So right now at this point in the podcast, I want you to take a minute and say, how have I, how have I created my backstory right now? What, what, how would I describe my last 20 years, 30 years since birth? For me, it's 50 I, my big change happened to 52, so the first 52 years. How would I describe that? How did it shape me? And I want you to do that five or six times. And I want you to intentionally look at it from different points of view. <clears throat> now, you'll already have a point of view that is your comfortable and easy one. That's going to be the one that immediately comes to mind that you may have told one, two, five, ten, or a thousand times. So reframe it. Here's the first key to creating your backstory because you've already done it and it is what it is for you right now. The question is, is the way you've created your backstory up to this moment serving you? What do I mean by serving you? Well, this shows about creating a life of purpose, prosperity and joy. So is your journey up to this moment, as you would describe it to someone, helping you in a big and powerful way live your own life full of purpose, prosperity, and joy? Do you feel connected and energized by a powerful purpose? Right here, right now, right this minute. You either do or you don't. If you do, that's fantastic. <clears throat> if you don't, then your backstory isn't helping you. So this is why I said take a few minutes and think about your backstory from a completely different point of view. So, for example, <clears throat> I have told this story before, but it bears repeating here. I didn't believe I had much of a backstory. Raised by a two-parent family, they didn't get divorced, and da-da-da. And then I went to an event, and this is after my life change in 2007, after I was working on 
creating myself again and trying to figure out how to be healthy instead of an addict and all the broken things that I was. <clears throat> I went to an event, and this particular event was put on by a well, well-respected, world-famous speaker. And he was speaking about, guess what, stories, how to tell your story and everything else. And he told a super powerful story. Bo Eason was the fellow that was putting it on, and maybe you know him and maybe you don't. But in the world of speaking and storytelling, he is, you know, one of the highest regarded figures, at least today. And this seminar was fantastic. He told an amazing story. Everybody was captivated on the edge of their seats, listening to this whole thing. And then, of course, uh, then we had the benefit of him taking apart the story and using it to teach us about story. Now, when we got most of the way through the conference, I got frustrated and I got up and I stomped out. And I was so frustrated, I was uh, emotional. I was weeping. My, my, well, I was weeping and I stomped out in frustration. And I said, under my breath, yeah, I can already speak. I'd, I'd had a lot of years on stage at many events around the world as a speaker, so I knew I could, but that was about a technical thing that was related to my career. So I said, yeah, I could do that too. And I was this frustrated. Yeah, I could do that too. If, if I had a story, I, I don't have a story like that. Me, I got nothing. And I was that frustrated and I believed it with all my heart. I absolutely believed it with all my heart. Now, going through this process, I'm going to talk about here in a minute of reframing and reinterpreting your backstory by understanding how it has how it is affecting you today, allowed me now to write 18 books, all based on my backstory and the learnings, and not only backstory, but the continuing learnings. I realized that I had a staggering, powerful backstory, and from that, I've built a coaching business with clients around the world. I've written all these books. I have a bunch of music, et cetera, et cetera. And this is not about, yay, Kellen, who cares? This is about you. Hear this about you. I went from absolutely uh, in tears, in frustration, convinced I had nothing, stomping out of an event. I wasn't interested in buying his three-day workshop to create story because I believed I didn't have a story. I already knew how to speak well. I'd, been, I'd won awards, actually, for speaking. But I had never incorporated the story elements and never done that in an effective way and indeed believed I had nothing there to offer. So here is the, the that's a, you know, funny, because now that's all I do is live on story, help people understand their story, create their story, and use it powerfully. Now, I know if you breathe air, you have had the yearning to serve. We're built to love and serve each other. That's just how we're constructed. We feel best when we're in service. Now, there is no reason why your best service can't be your business. In fact, your business should be the truest and most authentic expression of who you really are. Why would that be so? Well, in that truest expression, that's where you get to be your most authentic self. Your most authentic self without camouflage and without you know, pretending is the most effective service you can give to anyone. So here's the, so there's the value of it. If you learn how to use your life experience and combine it with the skills that you already have and your natural gift, you will make more money. You will have more fun 
and you will have a bigger impact on more people than doing anything else. Now, that goes to the last three episodes. If you haven't listened to the episodes, the, the ones just before this, the, the four actually just before this, listen to them, because I talk about each of those elements in detail. Figuring out skills you already have, that's easy because that's what you've been selling in the marketplace all these years. Address and figure out your natural gifts because those are the things that are easiest for you to do and almost always the most fun. They're things you'd do if you didn't have anything and any requirements on your life or time. The stuff you enjoy. <clears throat> and this third thing is your life experience. So that's what I want to talk about now for a little bit, and that's this life experience business. In the book I wrote called The Story Arc, The Story Arc, if you want it, it's on Amazon, but in that book, I give you a tool, it's called a developmental story, or a, yeah, developmental story matrix, and it's just a spreadsheet, and here's what's in it. You take a first pass and write down 20 things that you remember from all of the years before today, starting back as young as you can remember, significant events, things that happened to you, like, okay, I remember when I was moved from the first grade to the second grade in the middle of the year, and I became from a regular student, moved to the youngest, most immature student in the class. So I was intellectually advanced and socially backward. <clears throat> so I remember that. I remember the interview. I remember the day it happened. I remember... Yeah, all the consequences for the next bunch of years all the way through high school. So that's a powerful event. I remember some personal events that happened between my parents and I, where I was, you know, ended up feeling worthless and useless. Uh, my punishment was a lot of stuff that today would be felony child abuse. So I ended up feeling depressed, like I was worthless and could never do, quote, do it right. And there's several individual events in there. I remember a performance in high school where I played the piano for the band and what happened there. I remember just specific events when I went to college. I remember some stuff in grade school. I remember a fight I got into in grade school on the way home on the corner. And when somebody else in my class unexpectedly stepped in and broke up the fight where I was about to get, you know, mutilated and destroyed, they weren't going to let that happen. And so I remember those those events. Maybe you broke your leg. Maybe you got sent home from a field trip. Maybe something, maybe you were valedictorian. It doesn't have to be bad things, but good and bad things, 20 of them that were pivotal. If you list them on, down the left side, think of a spreadsheet in the left column. The next column, after you've listed these 20 events, is, okay, what, what did that event do to you at the time? So at the time, what did you think? Life's unfair. I hate this. I wish this. You know, just list the things that the way you felt or what were the consequences of that event. There was a reason you put it on your powerful event list. So what happened? <clears throat> what did you feel like? Uh, how did it wreck your life or how did it make you super confident? Positive and negative. Write down how you felt then. The third column <clears throat> is to think about how you feel now looking back on that, because inevitably, things that used to be really important change. Maybe they're still important, but for completely different reasons. So some of those very events that I listed for you 
I can think back on them today. And today, the value, excuse me, the value and meaning that I take out of those events is completely different than it was at the time. At the time, certain things happened that destroyed me. I felt useless and unwanted and unworthy and all kinds of grumpy stuff. Today, when I look back at those very same events and remember exactly what happened without pretending away anything, the meaning for me today is completely different. Well, that's to be expected because we, quote, grow up and we have other things that happen that teach us new possible interpretations and understandings. The way I like to talk about that is some events ruin us, and then maybe later they refine us. I have lots of those. That at the time they happened, I felt like they just ruined me. I was either furious and helpless, something unfair happened and I was so mad, or I was hurt and felt, you know, beat betrayed or beat down or something. And that was my total experience at the time. And looking at it now, with the benefit of some time and some um, refinement opportunities, I see clearly. Now, I'm not. This is not putting a lipstick on a pig. This is saying I can see how that effect, that event, created something valuable for me, really valuable that I wouldn't have gotten another way. <clears throat> so that's the third column. And the fourth column. Last column is, okay, if you look at the difference between how you felt then and how you feel now, that change, how how would that change that you now have experienced benefit somebody else that you could talk to? How How would your experience changing from what it meant before to what it means now, how would that shift in perspective be able to benefit somebody else that might be going through the same thing or a similar thing? Or that might have similar feelings. How could you use that to benefit someone? So that is the developmental story matrix. And when you do that for 20 events, 30, 40, 50, eventually you might have 100 events. What you then have is a a resource that's worth, it's priceless. You You can't describe the value of it. Because what you'll see... In going through those, as you'll see, what are the things that happened that made you who you are today? What are the things that happened before that you've now had a new understanding for? Maybe you needed to get therapy for some of them, and that changed your mind. It doesn't matter how the change happened. What matters is that you realize and you can articulate what it was before and what it is now and how that change might benefit somebody, the right person, exactly Uh, the right person. What you notice is it is the change between column two and three that makes me and you think, feel, I could really help somebody who's going through X. That change, the difference between how I felt then and how I feel now, however I got there. Therapy, enlightenment, the fellow I talked today to today, he went to the South Pacific to some islands down there and went through some spiritual retreats and meditation. It doesn't really matter how the change happened, what matters is, number one, what you do with it internally, and number two, how you could use it to benefit someone else. So in that process, you have organized the significant events, you have understood for yourself how they affected you to start with and how they affect you now, and you've also identified who might might be served by your own shift by your growth, by your perspective change, however that happened to you. 
what you have there is you still have your own backstory and you still are who you are. But what you realize is you have a whole bunch of powerful events. You've cataloged them. You now come to understand how you got where you are today. You understand why you want to help people with whatever it is you feel called to help with. And you have a list of ways that that could benefit these individuals. The last example is I know someone whose son uh, committed suicide. Terrifyingly bad, sad, oh, you know. But that the answer to those questions gives that individual a powerful perspective to help others who are afraid of or who have experienced such a trauma. That right there is a super powerful tool all by itself. That developmental story matrix. So do that. Go create your developmental story matrix. If you need help, get the story arc. It's on Amazon. The story arc. Look it up under my name. You'll see it. My picture's on the front. And use that. It will be the most powerful tool you have in understanding where you are now and figuring out how to serve those you want to serve, including creating a business and offering products and services that are exactly aligned with your highest talent and their need. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, the next episode is going to be about monetizing that story. So what we've done today is talk about creating it from your own uh, events, and then you have that. I can promise you, I can absolutely promise you that creating that story will be a powerful tool to understanding yourself, helping others, and creating your life of purpose, prosperity, and joy, or your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stop.